And welcome back to Bar Down Breakdown. I'm your host, Mikey Ryan, live from the Hive, joined by my boy, Tommy V, from the land of Disney. Tommy, what is going on, man? How is WrestleMania? Oh, boy. Yeah, that, we, we could save that for, uh, for a whole other uh, episode, but uh, it was weird, man. You know, the WWE, like a lot of other people, um, they're trying to be really cautious. So they had their biggest event of the year uh, without any fans. It was very weird to see. It's very strange um, to have, you know, wrestling matches without uh, fans and stuff there. Um, very, very strange, you know, like uh, before, you know, the this coronavirus thing got out of hand. I mean, they were talking about potentially doing the ncaa tournament like that and uh you know based on what i'm seeing with wrestling i mean i'm glad it didn't happen because that would have just been the most awkward thing to see i mean no fans no cheering it's very strange very strange thing and then i'm I'm guessing they they are like kind of okay with the idea of putting their talent at risk because like uh, yeah <laughs> did they just it, like tell everyone before they wrestled last night that all of you need to like be in self quarantine. Like, did they have any restrictions on that? Because like, I mean, yeah, if someone's out honest, and about living their life, they yeah. could just go and pass that on to who to they're everybody. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know they taped a lot of their matches, um, you know, so they weren't live. Uh, but as far as you know, like what their protocol is for this kind of thing, I you know, I really don't know. I mean, I know they were actively checking temperatures, telling anyone, you know, that wasn't comfortable wrestling that they didn't have to, you know, so there's a couple of guys that ended up not wrestling, uh, you know, infamously Roman Reigns, who, um, is one of the big wrestlers right now. Uh, he had just gotten over, uh, about with, um, leukemia and, um, you know, he opted not to wrestle cause he was, you know, scared for his health. And, you know, um, the, the Miz, who's another popular wrestler, uh, you know, who was, on road rolls like many, many, many moons ago, he's got two kids and he decided not to wrestle. So, I mean, I guess they gave people carte blanche and how they could or couldn't present themselves, but a lot of guys still, still wrestled and it made for, you know, some good matches. Like they had, uh, um, you know, some matches that were produced almost like movies, uh, because they had the time as they had an undertaker match that was almost like produced like a, like a short film. So it was, Cool in some respects, but in other respects, you know, you just kind of wish that they would just call it off and let, you know, their talent rest for a couple of months and just, you know, get it back together when it all goes back to normal. Yeah, I I guess I also applaud them for trying to think outside the box a little. My only question was like the actual like superstars of the WWE, like how, how they reacted to it and like. Yeah, I mean, some of them, some of them were still you know, all for it. You know, a lot of people take the mentality of like, Hey, you know, we tried to do the best with the circumstances we were dealt. You know, we didn't want to not have this event because, you know, perennially for 36 years, they've been doing this event and it's been, you know, their Super Bowl, So they didn't want to not do it. You know, so a lot of people kind of were gung ho and had the, you know, company mentality of like, you know, we're just going to go out and try to put on the best show that we can. And, uh, you know, I mean, they, they did the best with what they were handed for sure. But, um, the crazy thing about it, in my estimation is just like, you could have really just postponed it. And then, you know, once Vince McMahon has the money, you know, once everything is 
is better and you know the law dictates that we can get out there and start to you know do these things as a collective again i just have a humongous event then you know i just i don't understand it i mean i see both sides of the coin but at the end of the day as a wrestling fan i i would have liked to have seen them just you know put it on the back burner for a while and uh come back to it when it's you know when everyone can be safe and and we can have a real event you know yeah and um i guess you know that the idea of making money was not important to, to him because like w- was it only exclusively on the WWE network no i mean they did it on uh, on pay-per-view and they tried to sell some 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 pay-per-views and i'm i'm sure they did sell a couple i know they even did it on fox uh, sports or something as well you know now that they have their partnership with fox but i mean you know raymond james stadium had to you know, the, the show was pretty much almost damn near sold out and they had to refund everybody. So I'm sure WWE took a tremendous, tremendous financial hit. But I mean, so is everybody, you know, that's that's, you know, canceling events and stuff. I mean, I, I can't imagine the devastation that, you know, the, the NHL is feeling, the you know NFL, the MLB. I mean, everybody that's kind of taking the back seat right now, it's kind of it's, it's a crazy, unprecedented time. I mean, you've never seen anything like this, but you just hope that once you know, everything returns to normal uh, or whatever normal will be, how, uh, you know, this will shake out for professional sports and sports entertainment and all this stuff. But, um, you know, it's uh, definitely a wild time. But um, I did pop in uh, NHL 17 and I've been playing it. So at least I'm getting a little bit of a fix of hockey. And yes, I know I'm dating myself, but I haven't bought a new hockey game in four years. It's just is what it is. Well, the NHL actually also is open to like thinking outside the box and doing something different to try to get the the remaining games of the season in. And one of the okay. ideas that's floating around is like finishing the season in North Dakota. Okay, but I mean, like, is isn't North Dakota also also a part of America? Therefore, is susceptible <laughs> to. COVID-19, like, I don't, I mean, I, I guess it, it's nowhere near as, um, as populated as, you know, the rest of the country. I get that. But even still, like, you know, this virus knows no bounds. So just because you're going to, you know what, North Dakota doesn't really mean that, uh, you're, you're saving anybody. Um, you know, especially in, in a sport where, you know, you're, you're bleeding, you're sweating, you know, and all this kind of stuff. I just, I don't think that's the right call. I mean, I, I listen, I'd, I'd love hockey more than anyone, but we're going to do it. We should do it in a way where everyone can be safe. I think they should just do bubble hockey. <laughs> just <laughs> straight up, like go band in a bubble cartel style and just like, don't let anyone in or out and just only play in the bubble. And speaking about that cartel record, man, that was not a good cartel record. I know they should say that they should, you know, that that's a band trying to, um, like get to the mainstream level and like go that route that it totally backfired on them. And like, I really don't think cartel ever recovered from that. No, I don't think so either. I mean, like that one record they had put out that last one of their last records collider was like a pretty, it was a decent record, but I mean, it never really held up to chroma. I think that was their, um, you know, they're like magnum opus, but, uh, you know, talking about, you know, the idea of, you know, kind of selling yourself out, you know, and trying to write a record, you know, just to, 
to get mainstream attention. Uh, our guest uh, today, Joe uh, from the band Transit, literally has done quite the opposite. Um, you know, the uh, the last couple of records that Transit had written, that being Young New England and Joyride, were uh, fantastic records, and you'll hear me talk about that with Joe a little bit. But uh, the whole idea was that, you know, they wanted to write the music that they wanted to write. You know, they weren't writing to kiss anyone's ass or appease anybody. And uh, and because of that, they got to write music that was near and dear to their heart, that meant a lot to them. And, um, you know, it just prolonged their catalog and made them, you know, even even better of a band. And uh, so if you know the story of Transit or if you don't, you know, Transit is no longer a band. They broke up in uh, 2016, but we had the pleasure speaking with uh, Joe Boynton, who is their lead vocalist, also the lead vocalist of a, a great band called Long Lost uh, that put out one record on No Sleep. But uh, we're going to, um, you know, we, we chatted with Joe and we, we talked a, a, about a bunch of different things, but a lot of, uh, you know, talk about, you know, his kind of coming up and what his influences are and, uh, you know, talking to him about the records, uh, talking about his relationship with uh, Tim Landers, who unfortunately left us last year. Uh, and, uh, you know, we did, we'd have a great conversation with him. Uh, talked a lot, a little bit about hockey, but a lot about music and his uh, journey through it. Uh, so anything you got to add, Mikey? Um, I guess just, uh, you know, from one charlatanian to another, it, it's just great <laughs> to have Joe on. And I hope you enjoy our interview with Joe from Transit. Yes, sir. with our boy joe boynton of transit joe man what's going on dude hey man nothing much nothing much thanks for having me dude the pleasure's ours and uh go coming from one charlatanian to another how's it go, how's it going <laughs> uh down in the queen city it's great man uh we've been here for about three years um we live in uh plaza midwood now um yeah we love it we love it the weather's great uh food's great um yeah no complaints here man yeah so i'm I'm a a few years ahead of you but i've only been here for about five years and uh i remember when i went to you know visit charlotte and see if this is like a place we wanted to relocate to like plaza midwood was still like kind of like getting flipped over and like noda was nothing like they had the, the wow. one like main strip of Noda and like that was mm-hmm. it. But now like the trains are in there and like there's all these like 
high-rise apartment complexes and like beautiful condos and things like none of that was here like five years ago yeah it's crazy man how fast this place is building it's almost like living in a traveling city i swear like every year it feels slightly different than the last um definitely for oh give me one second my cat is literally eating chicken pot pie he's eating it right <laughs> out of he left it out on the counter and he's like dude dude no no not for you. That so, is a brazen cat. Oh I'm not a God, cat person, so I didn't town. know. I didn't know cats did that kind of stuff. Dude. Oh yeah, dude. It's all over his face. Wow. <laughs> jerk. I kind of want to leave this in because that's just hysterical. Yeah, dude. Definitely leave that in that shrimp. Mr. Shrimp boat. Just does what he wants, huh? Come on, dude. Get out of here. So, what ultimately led your uh, for you to you and your wife to move down to Charlotte? Um, so we were, um, transited warp tour and the whole tour, I would just talk to, talk to, talk to people, talk to fans, talk to bands. And I, I kind of knew, you know, growing up in Massachusetts my whole life, um, that I wasn't going to stay there forever. Um, like at some point I was going to try, you know, someplace new. Um, and, uh, we were, you know, I was at warp tour and I was just talking and signing records and, you know, taking pictures with people. And, um, this kid comes up to me and he's like the happiest kid, the happiest person I met the entire summer. And I said to him, I go, what's your secret? And he goes, what? And I'm like, what do you do for work? And he's like, oh, I work at the, you know, the return, the returns at uh, Walmart. My jaw like hit the floor. I was like, really? Like, that's, that's what you do. And you're like, so happy. Like, I, I can't imagine. And he's like, yeah, I was, and I was asking him like, what's it like down here? And he was just telling me all this great stuff. And then I was like, Hey, maybe there's something here. You know, maybe this, that was like the first inkling of like, damn, like people here are generally really happy. You know, they're, they're really happy where they are. And, um, I, I have a friend, my friend, Nathan, uh, I've been friends with for about, I want to say 10 or 11 years. Um, I met him from the first transit tour and I was just, I would call him on the phone randomly and be like, Hey man, you know, um, you know, what's it like, you know, what are you doing? What are you up to? And he would just always say, you know, great things about the area and, uh, things that are opening up and new restaurants and this and that. And, you know, it just kind of, the pieces came together over time. And then my wife and I came down and visited, uh, we crashed with him, um, hung out with, hung out with his family and friends. And I don't know, it was kind of a no brainer. Man, I was kind of hoping that you wouldn't have brought up Nathan because it would have been just so much funnier if like you decided to pick up and move your whole entire life because of that one kid that worked at Walmart, like that would have been like yeah, way better story. Kind of want to edit yeah, that part out. Like, sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't know anyone. There's just this really happy kid at Walmart. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have definitely made some crazy life decisions on a whim. I've definitely always tried to, you know, kind of go with the, go with the flow, go with the river, wherever it's life's taken you kind of listen to your life around you and kind of know, you know, listen to your gut and follow that. Um, so that's how I got into music. That's how transit became like, I didn't know anyone in transit. Uh, when, when I, when I started with them, uh, they had a singer, uh, Pat Boston, um, that sang for them and they never recorded anything with him. And, uh, he ended up quitting the band and they needed a singer. And I just, um, I was supposed to study, I believe I was supposed to study for a test. Um, supposed to study for like a midterm. And I ended up, uh, taking the train, meeting up with my friend Carl, um, going to a show, and then this band that kind of sounded like Old Saves the Day and Lifetime were playing with two fill-in singers, just kind of freestyle singing. 
And in the middle of their set, they said, hey, you know, um, we don't actually have an official singer. If anyone's interested, you should try out. And that's kind of how Transit started. I tried out. They liked me enough. And then, you know, I joined the band, but I didn't really know anyone in the band before it, like at all. I mean, maybe passing, maybe like, hey, man, like maybe like one or two of them, just like a hi, how you doing? But that but it it was very much on a whim and a random day at a random show um, for me. That's awesome. So it's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of funny. Cause like, I guess you have like Boston to, to thank for, for that opportunity. And uh, yeah. so even though like you're in Charlotte now, um, like, you know, when, when I listen back to like a lot of, uh, you know, the lyricism in, in transit songs and even like, you know, the, the long lost record um, mm-hmm. you have like a lot of reverence for like Boston and new England and all that stuff. And I think that's, yeah. that's a contrast to like a lot of other bands in the, in that vein who, who run with that whole, like, I hate where I grew up kind of feel thing, you know? Yeah. So um, how would you say that like Boston played a role in shaping who you are, like both personally and musically? Um, so I've always had a love hate relationship. Like anywhere you live, there's going to be parts of it. You love and parts of it. You don't like, mm-hmm. um, I definitely have a lot of like positive Boston songs, but don't get me wrong. There's definitely some negative ones in there, especially <laughs> in the early in the early records on stay home. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, but yeah, I mean, my first, one of my first memories growing up was shoveling snow off my front steps. Um, all my friends were sledding in this gully that was in front of my house. Um, and just being, just being a little kid and just being bummed. I was like, I want to go sledding. Well, I don't want to do this. My mom's like, you got to help out. Um, and that's like my first memory, but yeah, man, it's, uh, it's a larger than life place. There's a lot of larger than life personalities there's people that i've been friends with for you know a long time that i don't think i I know i won't meet anywhere else uh the food there is incredible it's just a lot to be proud of i think there's a lot to be proud of there's a lot of uh, really hard-working people from there really you know intelligent and um you know very creative people very creative musicians and artists and it was just good to be surrounded by that i don't i know i wouldn't even remotely be the same person without being from you know right outside of boston in the suburbs Sure. Um, and it's funny because like, um, you know, being from Long Island, like I kind of have that connection to Long Island, just being uh-huh. very broad and how it like shaped me and like all the music that I loved and listened to and stuff like that. So it, it I, I, I can, I can echo that sentiment. Uh-huh. Uh, but, um, but you know, like, like, you know, you specifically, like when I, you know, like you, you think about like a song, like young new England and stuff, that's just like very descriptive and just like kind of really details, like, you know, what, you know, what, what your hometown kind of means to you. And I, I think yeah. that's, a, that's such a, a, such a cool thing, but like, um, uh, so like kind of off of that, like another question I have, um, and I'm kind of just freestyling this cause it's just kind of cropped into my brain. So like, you've yeah. got like, so, it, you know, with, with, uh, with, with a band like transit, you know, like you're kind of part of this, I guess, let's call it like pop punk revival. Maybe let's say you know, the 2010s, yeah. you know, when you had bands like you know, uh, like you guys and, and wonder and four years strong yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you know, so like, uh, and each of those bands have these like, kind of like very poignant, like kind of one liners from each band, you know, like, uh, yeah. like the wonder years has theirs. And, and, but when I think of transit, you know, obviously you, you've got a lot of like, really, you've got a lot of like these one liners in these songs that are like just super poignant and, and, and positive. But like the one that obviously reaches out to me is, you know, like you know keep running keep shining on right so i mean like yeah and i think that's one of your the standard bearing songs that you guys have that has that kind of positive message that you know you see on the backs of shirts and on tattoos and stuff so like yeah um 
for you, like, was there any specific band or specific, like, kind of one or two lines from a specific song that kind of, like, really stuck with you uh, as you were growing up? It's 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 tough, man. I mean, I can go through every transit record, almost every one, and tell you what I was listening to and, you know, how it influenced me. Um, from, you know, from Let It Out, I was in uh, the first EP we put out. Um, I was just kind of figuring out things. I was listening to a lot of hardcore bands. I was in a hardcore band. It was very okay. much just hard, hardcore lyrics. That was it. It was mm -hmm. just, this is how I feel. These are my emotions. That was it. It wasn't yeah. like a lot going into it. And then um, This Will Not Define This, which was right before Stay Home, I was listening to a lot of Mineral, a lot of Get Up Kids. Mm, um, okay. A lot of Get Up Kids. Um, I want to say... A little bit of Elliot, um, um, you know, um, Sunny Day Real Estate. I was looking at bands that influenced those bands, which was mm -hmm. definitely a big help um, at the time. And then um, Further Seems Forever has always been a gigantic influence in the earlier stuff. Um, but Stay Home, I could tell you exactly what, it, what I was listening to. I was listening to Modest Mouse. I found Lonesome Crowded West. Um, Great record, so yeah. still, still my favorite Modest Mouse record of all time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was listening to a lot of Silent Majority. I've been listening to them for a long time. Um, mm -hmm. That's a big Long Island band for me. Sure um, is, yep. Yeah, I was listening to Seaweed. Um, okay. I was just starting to hear uh, Tiger's Jar and Title Fight. Um, okay. So that influenced me too because, you know, we would play shows with them and we did some tours with Title Fight and stuff. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, just, just listening to bands that were, you know, kind of around your same age that were kind of up and coming at sure. the time uh as well and touring you know doing short tours and you know kind of crossing paths that's a huge influence as well you don't even think about uh but yeah stay home the biggest influences were definitely uh the movie and the the, the movie that's uh into the wild there's all lines mm -hmm. lines from that movie and the book that that comes from in that in that album but a lot biggest musical influences easily um for me was you know saves the day modest mouse lonesome crowded west and a silent majority life of a spectator Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, uh, and, 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 you know, like, um, I was very, very fortunate to, um, you know, be able to, to see silent majority and, you know, oh, not, yeah. not when they were, not when they were like, you know, really, you know, in the nineties when they were playing, but, you know, they had played yeah. a couple of, uh, of, uh, reunion shows. I think they were, uh, they had done one specifically for, um, for, um, uh, the guitarist of, uh, Iron Cheek who had, who had unfortunately passed away. And, uh, so, but, but they were doing like these, these shows and they had come back and I just got the opportunity to see them. And it's just like, you know, it really is an unbelievable thing to see like a band like that, that literally has shaped probably every single band out of Long Island and then bands all over the country. Because I mean, here you are from Boston talking about Silent Majority. And I'm sure if I went over to a band on the West Coast, you know, talked about Silent Majority, you know, they would, um, you know, they would kind of identify with it as well. So uh, very very fortunate to to have to have gotten to, to see them and and you know get to hear some of these songs finally come to life that I had never had the opportunity to uh, to enjoy. But uh, yeah. it's it's super cool to to kind of hear where where all that came from because you know for me, Stay Home was really the record that introduced me to Transit, and then obviously from there I just you know every record that came out I you know I I picked up and I, I listened to you know all the way through through uh, Joyride, which I still have um, sitting like I, I sold like almost all of my records, but I still have joyride wow. sitting in my closet because uh uh the one i ordered had like the um it had a uh, like a different cover and i yeah. just kind of felt felt like like a sentimental attachment to it so i'm like yeah i'll keep that one but that's um cool is the car yeah. the one with the little yeah it's car the car it? yep, exactly. yeah that's sick. Yeah, i don't have i don't even have that i, I 
I have, I have a lot it's, of stuff. Uh, for, that's sick. Sure, yeah, and, and I mean, like that's kind of like you know the 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 way I feel about it is, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's um, it, it is super cool to kind of watch watch a band's lineage and see how they grow and change. But cool to know that like that's what you were uh, what you were into at the time, and you know, gives a little bit more perspective. And now the next time I listen to Stay Home, I can kind of have that in the back of my head and maybe try to understand yeah. it even more, which is totally awesome. Yeah, man, a big one too. I didn't even think of this because you were saying uh, you have that Joyride vinyl. So I came over to my my little vinyl collection, and I remember I have a uh, a CD from a band um, that's basically I I think it's the closest thing Boston has to a silent majority, which is Moment. Uh, this band Moment from our area has an album called Songs for the Self Destructive, and uh, that was honestly that was the biggest influence musically. I know Tim, that was one of his biggest influences besides Braid. Mm-hmm. um that uh and and then lyrically for me i mean i got to, i got to meet the the singer and kind of talk music with him at one point he was actually supposed to record on the uh on the long lost record oh wow uh, but but he but it, he just wasn't feeling it there's too many people in the studio there was like yeah. 10 kids in the studio and he just wasn't feeling it so he just talked to me about music for like an hour and then he left um cool. which was kind of a bummer but still cool still very cool yeah. um but yeah, moment songs of the songs for the self-destructive is is right there with life of a spectator. That's like the awesome. peanut butter, to, peanut butter to the jelly. That <laughs> is that is for me, you know, for punk, for punk records like melodic punk rock records. So sweet, yeah, man. Now, um, Tom mentioned your song "Young New England," and you uh-huh. know, when when Tom and I talk with our guests, we always ask them like what one song from their catalog they would um like love to hear play at like their home arena whether it be like a goal song or like just playing during like a stoppage of play and i feel like that song would be Mm -hmm. such a perfect song to play at like the td garden yeah man that or you know weathered souls would be the the, i think uh weathered souls on uh young new england is the the most true and honest like massachusetts song uh, I've ever written. I really dig. De- I really dug deep into, you know, things that I was going through and what Massachusetts and Boston means to me. Uh, less anthemic than uh, than Young New England, uh, the song, but definitely when I look at that record, I'm very proud of that record um, for that song. Mostly, like I'm really glad that record exists for that song coming out of it. Um, mm-hmm. So definitely, definitely listen to that one as well. But yeah, if I had one song I could have played. At a, at a Boston like big sporting event, big arena, it would definitely be uh, Weathered Souls. Okay, and you know, you guys did have that one song that played during the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah have Have you ever had like a transit song play at any of your home arenas that you know of? Yeah, um, we got played um, a few. We got played twice, I think, or maybe three times during NFL games, and then um we got um i think it was the bruins twice and then the celtics once um so that was really cool you just hear like friends like friends or family members would be at the games and then they would just your phone would just start blowing up i mean i know when the song got played uh i think it was cutting corners that got played um during the super bowl um uh, I was I was watching the game and I was just um, I was like boiling potatoes for mashed potatoes while I was while I was watching it and uh, I didn't go to any big Super Bowl party I just like was watching it with my uh, 
with my wife and uh, my phone was just blowing up. Like it was just ding, 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 ding. And I was like, what the <laughs> hell? I thought someone died. I thought someone hit the lottery. I didn't know what, cause there was nothing crazy going on at the game during the game at the time. So I was like, Oh, this is either really good or really bad. I don't know what this is. So I picked up my phone and it was because the song was playing and I ended up turning it up a little bit more and you could kind of hear it just before it cut to commercial. But yeah, that was definitely a highlight. Definitely a cool thing. So wait so a second. That... Wait, like you're yeah. trying to tell me that you had no idea that your song was about to play during the Super Bowl? Like you found out when None. everyone else did? Zero. I found out when everyone else did. I had zero, um, zero heads up. The guy that was picking the songs, uh, who picks the songs for the sporting events, came um, to one of our shows and we're just talking to him. He didn't say anything. He likes, I know he likes us and he likes the Swellers. Um, and a few other bands uh, that we toured with or know. And um, yeah, we just, we met the guy um, and it was like, Hey man, this, this is really cool. You have a really cool job. Awesome. Like, thank you for coming out. And then maybe like a month or two later, I believe then it was just like, you know, he hooked us up with that spot. So that was cool. That, I mean, that, that's something else. Um, and I mean, I, I just got to touch on this uh, mm-hmm. just to ask you about it. Uh, Cause I've, it's something I've always actually wanted to ask you about. So I, uh, I'm a big professional wrestling fan. I know you're a wrestling fan. Um, that WrestleMania sign that that person in like the second or third row had, I think that was in WrestleMania. Hubbard. Yeah, my friend Fro. Yeah, it was just, one of friends. Oh, was one of your friends that just had that Seth Rollins listens to transit sign? Yeah, yeah. Love uh, my that. Friend, uh, Anthony Hubbard, uh, a.k.a. Fro. <laughs> uh, he's from uh, Stoneham, Massachusetts, where transit okay. is from. And he, we, I've, known, I've actually known him longer than I knew anyone in the band. He's one of my friends from awesome. way back and i met uh i met seth rollins in uh in florida um i remember i was just going up to the green room he's just standing there i was like hey man i was like <laughs> i know like and i'm a big wrestling fan but yeah. um it was from you know um definitely the older era like uh older era of uh wwf and yeah. i was still into wrestling when he was when you know, seth rollins was coming up yeah um but it was way more i was definitely really really into it in middle school and a little awesome. bit of high school so you know i watch the year 2000 change with chris jericho coming out yeah um, you know what i mean i was watching the pay-per-view a lot of big pay-per-views of big moments um you know i've definitely seen the hell in the cell with uh, undertaker sure. and mankind a ton yeah, but yeah, yeah I was right. like wrestling a huge fan of wrestling but yeah that was that was a trip i was like hey man it's nice to meet you this is crazy and uh <laughs> yeah and i think that's so funny because like I, I mean like i know he he really does like that's not like a that's not bullshit like he really does like listen to you guys like i know he listens to like all that kind of stuff i mean he listens to like you guys i mean i've seen him post about the story so far and like the wonder years and like all that stuff so i mean it, it's it's another parallel that like I, I don't get to talk about a lot because you know it's we're we're, we're we try to just focus on hockey and, and music but it's a it's another yeah. cool parallel but um I, I i just always wanted to to bring that sign up to you just to see if like you knew about it or uh oh yeah or how it <laughs> how it came to be that's that's yeah. super cool <laughs> Yeah, that's my friend, my friend Anthony Hubbard. All right, Sweet. Tom, I just awesome. wanted to say you have reached your quota of talking about wrestling for the year 2020. So <laughs> uh, I knew you were going to say that, man. You <laughs> are cut off, dude. You are done. I let you get that story in, and I, I let you have your moment, but no more. <laughs> All right, that's fair. That's fair. I, I, can, I can understand that. Uh, but so, so Joe, I mean, I, it's been, uh, what has it been about? I guess four years, right? Since you played that last string of, uh, of, of farewell shows, I think it was 2016. Uh, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I was very fortunate to have been, 
to the one uh, on Long Island. I was at the the one that was at Amityville Music Hall, and cool. um, I remember being, you know, I remember being a little bit broken up because you know you guys were, were were a band that I really liked, but I remember also feeling really grateful for like all of your contributions and all of the music that you guys, you know, wrote and and had given to us all. And I think a lot of fans kind of really felt that as well. Um, yeah. So are, are there any memories that stand out from those final shows? Uh, just like in terms of like connections with your fans and like, like any like cool memories that you'd want to share just around those, those kind of like that last week of shows. Yeah, man, it was a, it was a definitely an emotional roller coaster. It was definitely like, you know, felt like my life was a movie and those shows, um, a lot of great, a lot of great friends came out. Um, a lot of people were a lot drunker than I, than I ever thought they would be. <laughs> I saw some of my friends, the drunkest they've ever been, I think I've in recorded history of me being friends with them. Um, um, one at the last song, I think we played skipping Stone was the very last song we played in, mm -hmm. in Massachusetts. Um, and, uh, a kid jumped off the balcony and like into the crowd and it was like a kind of like a kind of like how houses blues is set up like he jumped sure. off the second level into the crowd which was nuts yeah. and he, he was okay but we were i was kind of worried yeah, um seriously. but uh but yeah just things like that man i mean i've always through the whole time trans has been a band i've always talked to i've always talked to the people coming out and all the supporters and stuff like that so it I, I've always had a connection with the people that came out to the shows. I've always talked music and shared bands and shared podcasts and, mm. you know, video games and shows. I mean, um, video games and movies and TV. Yeah. And uh, I've kind of always done that um, since the band started. And uh, it just felt like another great tour. Um, awesome. Yeah, man. Very it's cool. like when you when you're giving the maximum, I, I always gave the maximum effort and, you know, what what can I get out of today? You know, what can yeah. I learn today? Who can I talk mm -hmm. to? Who can I share things with today? Um, so it wasn't like I wasn't doing anything different on that tour sure. as far as my daily routine than any other tour. So it was just cool to know, you know, I got the absolute most, um, you know, kind of spiritually, I guess, or, you know, um, yeah, I would say, I would say I got the most out of it. Definitely. Uh, you know, didn't take it for granted for for sure. a single second you know absolutely so, yeah now unfortunately we've talked about like every other sport before we even really mentioned hockey and the yeah. the whole uh story about like getting you on the podcast was i had no idea that you li lived in charlotte north carolina and i knew that you were doing like that emo night at skylark yeah. tavern and i i thought like you flew in for that so i like hit you up and i was oh, like no. hey it turns out like the bruins are playing the islanders like if you want to come watch the game with some islander fans like come on come on <laughs> down but uh <laughs> you know obviously it was so last minute but um growing up in the in the boston area did did you find mm -hmm. yourself being a, a huge diehard bruins fan i was as a kid it was definitely a huge connection uh between me and my dad um, I played it, for me, it was always video games with sports. It was going out and playing. And my brother, Kevin played hockey at Kazgalooski arena in Saugus. Um, when I was growing up, I almost got to play, um, you know, I was, they were building me up to play and then I didn't. Um, but I was obsessed with the Sega Genesis, uh, Sega Genesis games. I used to know like every Bruins player just from those games and I'd watch the games with my dad. So it was a big part of my childhood for sure um ray bork uh i ran into i was a kid and um at kazgabusi with my brother kevin's 
team um, was playing Ray Bork's son's team, and Ray Bork was there. And I stood up on one of the benches at Kazgabuski and I said, I go, hey, it's Ray Bork. And then everyone started swarming him for autographs. Um, <laughs> but I could, I, I knew who, he, you know, I knew what he looked like just from the amount of hockey games I watched uh, with my dad growing up. Um, so yeah, the Bruins is a, definitely a big part of my, you know, me growing up in Massachusetts and Saugus and, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's as far as I go, um, really with the Bruins was just like growing up with them and just being obsessed with hockey video games all the way up to like, what was the last one I really liked? Was it one for Wayne Gretzky's 3d hockey. Oh my God. I played that until my fingers <laughs> bled. Oh, I love uh, that game. That's a great yeah. game. What what was the uh do you remember who the starting three were for uh on the Bruins for for Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey? No idea. Man, I, I'm trying to think of who the Islanders were. It might have been like Ziggy 97, Palfy. 98. So I think it was like Palfi, maybe was it maybe Pekka or Yashin? No, 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 that might that might be crossing my yeah, my wires. But, crossing uh, the wires. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but no, that that that's super cool because I, I I to be honest with you, like I had that connection too. Like uh, you know, I uh, I think one of the first games I had for uh, the Super Nintendo was like NHL '95 or or something like that. And yeah. I mean, like, I and I just remember like you just playing that game and like all you had to do is just like wrap around the net and you'd like guarantee just put it in. And, like oh, yeah. no matter who you were playing or who you were with, all you had to do is just wrap around and it was going in. You knew it was going in. So I, and I love that connection. Yeah, man. Yeah, I played every one of those Sega games and then the NES ice hockey. Um, as soon as it became like PlayStation um, level, yeah. uh, PlayStation 2 and all that, I, I, I don't know. I, I, didn't, I didn't play it as much. I know our band played, um, like Tori and PJ played a ton on Warp Tour with other bands. They'd be playing, awesome. uh, yeah, NHL. But, um, but yeah, man, that's where the Bruins were for me. It was just like, yeah, like I understand, like I don't watch... I don't watch a ton of uh, any sporting, like, you know, uh, anything really now. My wife and I will watch the Patriots games once in a while. Mm -hmm. Huge in the UFC. We're obsessed um, with UFC. But, um, but yeah, I was mostly growing up. I was, it was definitely uh, something I always did, uh, you know, watching with my brother, Kevin, or my, or my dad. Now, since moving to Charlotte, have you checked out a Charlotte checkers game at least? I've been to like, war i think and have like dollar budweiser's it's fucking great uh i love when they put people on the screen and they just start chugging the drinks uh <laughs> checkers games they, they they do it right like they really give you your money's worth i feel everything in between the game and all the little extra things they do i feel like they really keep you entertained the whole time you're there and uh yeah man that, that was a trip when i realized because we, we we started we lived at um my wife and I moved to Aurora Flats, which is right next to Bojangle Stadium. And I just remember seeing the sign. <laughs> like my wife's like, "This is the this is our exit sign now." Like Bojangle Stadium. This is ridiculous. <laughs> like where the where the fuck are we? Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I thought that was I thought that was great. But no, I love it. I'm still nostalgic. Every time you're in there, just smelling, like just just the smell of the ice or just being. Um, in a rink is just, just near a rink is awesome. Just seeing the mounds of snow outside of them. Like it, dude, it brings back so many memories, uh, from going to my brother's games as a kid. So I love that stuff. No. And like you said, the, the Charlotte checkers really do minor hockey, right? Like there, there's yeah. always like a level of like, 
you know, in the AHL of being like corny and cheesy or like actually yeah. doing it right. And it's like a very thin line. And I feel like the the checkers just really always come out on top. Yeah, dude. I love it. Can't wait to go to another one once all the stuff is over. And then being right over there, you were uh, close to Sal's Pizza Factory. Did you hit that place up all the time? Um, no. Um, where do we usually go? We go to uh, Fuel Pizza. I like Fuel. Um, always love Domino's. I know some people uh, hate on Domino's, but I actually like Domino's. Um, there's a few places that's, that are really good around here, but no, I haven't. I haven't been there. Yeah. Um, Forthorns too, over in that area, is not too bad. Oh yeah. All but, right. Um, yeah, man, there's so much good food here. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Charlotte has, especially where you are in Charlotte is just like yeah. so many cool, like breweries and, and like independent, you know, uh, restaurants and things like that. Dude, let's talk about the thirsty beaver. Oh my God. Oh, that, that so, place. Legends. Dude. So I guess I'll fill in our, our listeners who are not familiar with the Charlotte region. There's this bar that's been around for probably like 30, 40 years now. And, you know, as the Charlotte real estate gets, you know, more and more competitive and like they keep buying huge flats of land and they are putting up sky rises and like these multi-million dollar apartment complexes, like this one small little bar just refuses to sell to, to any to any of the like developers. And. It's just so funny because they literally have built around them. So they've built like just huge complexes all around them. And it's just it's it's the biggest middle finger in all of American architecture I've I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. It is literally when you walk by it, you just go, damn. Holy shit. Like you, you need to if you can put a link somewhere just to a picture of the front of it, it, it really speaks. It tells you everything you need to know. Um, they're literally built around it like to the point i want to say like maybe like 20 feet 15 feet and then you're at a con like you're at a uh, apartment complex on every side of this bar uh besides the front and uh man i remember seeing that and i'm like that's a little piece of home that's something you would, <laughs> that's some kind of attitude you know thing you would find in the northeast and i absolutely love it the fact that you know that place will not sell man yeah. You hope you hope that like with times that we're experiencing right now, they don't have to, you know, they don't get forced into a situation like oh, where they yeah. would have to. Yeah, man, I hope you're right. Yeah. Now, so just just one, uh, you know, we've been chatting for probably about fifty, probably fifty minutes or so, but uh, oh, wow. just so one one last question, um, mm-hmm. or, or really just a just kind of a thought and a sentiment here. So, I mean, um, you know, for for our listeners that that may not be super familiar with, with transit, mm-hmm. um, you know, transits, like I said, you guys have been around for almost, almost, uh, you know, what was it about 10 years before you guys ended up, you know, kind of hanging the boots up and stuff, but, uh, yeah. um, you know, but obviously, you know, last year was, was a, was a really tough one, you know, cause the, the world, you know, lost Tim Landers, which was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, such a, such a rough thing. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, bring up anything that's, that's super, you know, upsetting, but, no. uh, I, I did just want to kind of touch base on, you know, some of the awesome things that, you know, they were kind of doing in reflection of Tim's life. I mean, they were uh, just uh, this past December, Pure Noise had put out uh, um, that compilation of, of covers and tribute uh, to Tim, which uh, 
I think all of the proceeds were going to Hope for the Day, which is this really great nonprofit. Uh, I know that they're working on a documentary, which may or may not be finished at this point. Don't forget to leave. That kind of mm-hmm. followed Tim's life. Um, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I got a, a chance to meet Tim, you know, once or twice, you know, while, while you guys were out there playing shows. And uh, I mean, it, not, a, not a cooler guy on the planet, not a more musical guy, uh, you know, on the planet. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if it, like I said, if it's not too difficult, you know, mm-hmm. could you just share like, uh, one of the like the lasting memories that you have, you know, with your years being in vans and stuff with Tim, you know, like just a great memory that you might have of being out on the road with him. Dude, he he was he's one of those people that just comes along so you know so rare. It's such a he's such a rare personality, and I remember you know when I when I joined Transit, he was most welcoming, one of the most welcoming members. Um, extremely creative. Um, Definitely changed our local scene forever. Um, changed, changed everything. You know, um, as far as a lot of the music that was coming out at the time and the bands that were coming up. Like he, he came onto the scene and it was like, you know, it was like, damn, this kid is great. He's so creative. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my favorite memories, uh, Tim, was just he always had the right. He always had one of like the funniest things to say. He was always one of those personalities that would light up a room kind of like uh almost like a stand-up comedian level of of sense of humor um but i remember we were on we were on um tour and i think we were we were with um we were with uh we we're on taking back sunday tour and everyone's planking and these guys are walking <laughs> by and we're all just planking in this parking lot uh for like a minute or two minutes or whatever and it's just uh these two guys were walking by and tim just goes yep just a couple of guys doing a doing some guy shit (laughs) and i just remember dying laughing it just like it just erupted in laughter i just like fell over and dropped you know couldn't keep doing my plank um (laughs) but just like things like that he was just like he was so fucking funny uh so creative um definitely influenced i've I've never i've out of everyone i've ever written songs with it was you know with him the most still you know after him leaving the band and um you know, and after the band breaking up, uh, I wrote the most and learned the most as a as a writer, as a musician, uh, from him. So he is gonna, you know, he is forever my brother in yeah. in music, and he always will be. Um, Absolutely, I mean, yeah. and I, I, I love I love to hear that, man. That's such a great thing, you know. And and from an outsider's perspective, I mean, I I could share this little story with you. So, mm-hmm. and I remember this very very vividly. Um, so I remember, you know, kind of um, getting back into like uh, like uh, this kind of like more more like, you know, pop punky kind of emo stuff around the time that Keep This To Yourself came out. And mm-hmm. around that same time, you know, there were some other bands that were kind of pervaded that that kind of scene with you guys. You know, I, again, you know, the bands like Man Overboard or, yeah. you know, like Four Years Strong. And, and, and I, so, you know, I remember kind of listening to everything kind of all at the same time and, you know, sort and sort of picking and choosing the stuff I like the most. Right. So, yeah. you know, along comes, you know, keep this to yourself. And I remember like, just like popping on, like popping it on and just hearing like, you know, the first couple of like moments of, of dear anyone and just yeah. being like, okay, like, you know, this is sort of cool. And then like, by the time I get to like, I don't know, probably let's just say a living diary. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking to myself, like, like, what the hell is this guitar player doing? Because I've like such cool shit on that record, man. It's just like, yeah. and, and, and I know a lot of that stuff comes, you know, comes from, comes from Tim, you know, Tim writing that stuff. And it's just like, it, it kind of set you guys apart 
from a lot of yeah. the other bands that were playing because it was so intricate and there was such delicacy in such parts and like stuff that I'm like, Jesus Christ, like how is this guy voicing these chords? And like, what is he playing? Like, and, yeah. and as, as you go along in your lineage, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, listening to listen, listen and forgive and uh, all this stuff. I mean, it's just like the, the, the stuff that he was able to, to put on wax. Um, yeah. I always thought was just so, so like, uh, transcends like what this kind of music quote unquote should be. So, you yeah. know, I was always really grateful for that. And that's one of the reasons that like, I, I've always loved transit and, and I, uh, and I, I continue to listen to transit. And of course, just the dichotomy between your voice and Tim's voice is just like always such a, st such a stark contrast. And I, I always loved hearing the songs where like, you'd have your part and Tim would have his part and then mm -hmm. you'd have, you know, your part again. So I think it was just uh super cool. And, uh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm sure you know, everyone, everyone in the scene, you know, just, just, you know, misses him and, and loves the contributions that, that, you know, he made to the music scene, you know, whether it was with, uh, you know, transit or, or misser or, mm -hmm. uh, old collective, you know, so whatever he was doing, but, um, mm -hmm. super cool to hear. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, it's just a, a really, really cool thing for sure. Yeah, man. Right. Like recording that record was so much fun. Um, I, I almost got kicked out of school for that, for recording that record because I was taking so much time away from, you know, being at, being on campus and, and attending mm -hmm. classes and Jesse Cannon would write email page, two page long emails to my professor to keep me <laughs> from getting kicked <laughs> out. Um, we were, we loved recording there. Um, North star recorded there, which was a, you know, a oh band my we God. All looked up to. Love North um, Star. You just said the magic words, man. This, this yeah, guy Mikey man. loves North Star. Yeah, North Star is great, and uh, we got to record, you know, with the same same people that recorded them, and um, you know Jesse Cannon, and he was awesome. And uh, yeah, it was just uh, that was a really magical time uh, recording that and recording something left behind. We did that with Jesse Cannon as well. Um, it was a lot of effort into that record. You know, like I would, I would watch the saddest shit and look at the saddest images I could while recording <laughs> the vocals. Like yeah, I was okay. really trying to make sure every line was as, as you know, heartfelt as I could. Sure. And, uh, and I just remember musically, we were listening to this band called the kid crash. They have an album. Oh, they're called, great. I love the kid yeah, crash. new, new ruins. Was it yep. pretty big influence on that record? But I think at the time Tim was, I can't, I can't know for sure, but I think at the time that record was written, we were he was listening to all different genres of music from from like DC screamo to like certain metal bands, certain okay. indie bands. He was just really just listening to everything and letting everything influence him. So you know, and, and bands like Saves the Day and Piebald, who kind of taught us just write whatever you want to write and mm -hmm. don't just write what people want you to write. I think mm -hmm. Saves the Day does that the best. They do that the most you know, like prominent where Chris is like, you know, this is the album I'm going to write and this is how it sounds. And that's it. And I, I that that was a huge like rule yeah. for us as a band was this is what we want to sound like. This is the genre it is now. And that's it. And it was good for us. It definitely got us some fans and it definitely pissed off some yeah. fans. But, you know, at the end of the day, when we hung our boots up, you know, we put out everything that we wanted to put out at the time that we wanted to put it out. So that was the biggest, most, that's the thing I'm the most proud about as a, as a songwriter and, and being from transit is I don't have any regrets with any of the albums. And, you know, we, we encapsulated what we wanted to do and we didn't really listen to what people wanted to, to make our band bigger, you know? 
So, and that's and that's such an important thing. And speaking of saves the day, uh, have you listened to saves the day's newest record? I, well, yeah, nine. You know, okay. So, um, when we had a rune on uh, on this this podcast a couple of episodes ago, um, you know, I talked to him about that record, and one of the things I just had to ask him about is like, like so. The first song on the record, Saves a Day, which is literally just like, mm-hmm. like an eponymous kind of like, this is who we are. Like, like we're gonna come to your town. We're gonna blow you. Like, we're gonna blow your minds because we're Saves a Day. And I just, I, I kind of felt like when you have that pedigree, like, and and you've been doing this for twenty two, twenty three years. Like, you Crazy. can write that. You can write that song and be totally comfortable with writing that song because like they are fucking saves a day. And, exactly. um, you know, and, and I remember, you know, talking to him about that and Kerouac and Cassidy, but uh, it's so funny because like, I think that that's the mind frame you have to be in because as soon as you start writing music, that's not for you. That's only for the people that are listening to it. Um, you know, you start to fall into these tropes that, that you kind of don't want to be a part of because like, if you listen to every transit record, like th- there was nothing similar about each record like you grew with each record you 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 know you kind of walk tight ropes and you, you had different boundaries with each record and that's the way music should be because no one can expect you to have the same ethos and songwriting capabilities that you did when you were 18 as when you were yeah. 30 it's just not possible you're not you're not um, the same person anymore you're just exactly not. exactly and and i think that's one of the one of the refreshing things about your catalog is just that like really you know like Joyride is a very different record from Keep This to Yourself, right? It, it is. But Joyride is a fantastic record in a Thank lot of different ways. You're very welcome. But Joyride is yeah. a fantastic record, much the way that Keep This to Yourself is a fantastic record, but they're fantastic for two different reasons. And I think that, um, you know, having that uh, that mindset of just like, hey, this is what we're listening to. This is how it's influenced us. This is what we're going in. This is the body of work we want uh, is yeah. such an important thing. The biggest all the transit was for all of us was, hey, we love, you know, X amount of bands. Let's say this year and or in the van at the time, we're listening to like, dude, we'd nonstop, nonstop listening to different bands and changing records, changing CDs, sure. you know, ch- changing, you know, things on Spotify or whatever we we're listening to at the time, um, using to listen to. And uh um all all transit was for us creatively was like, okay, we listen to these hundred bands. What haven't we heard? What do we mm-hmm. want to create? What do we want to do? What do we have to say? Um, so it was just these, it's just these, it's almost like, it's almost like ingredients. Like it's a lot, a lot of, you can kind of mix everything up with like, you can really get influenced by like the same way people cook food. Like, like, sure. you know what I mean? Like, like all this, you, you get influenced by everything you eat and then you, you decide to make a, a new dish or something that doesn't exist or I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the bands I, over the years, there's so many bands that that influenced us from Oscar to Kid Crash to um, Cursive, Thursday, mm-hmm. um, Broken Social Scene was a big influence for me, and then Modest Mouse. And there's mm-hmm. only a few that that stuck that will always influence you. And for me, it was always like the Beatles, Saves the Day, Modest Mouse, yep. um, uh, Bane, Suicide File, um, American Nightmare. Like there's sure. always there's always these between the buried and me and there, I feel like they, their influence is huge on, uh, on video games. You can hear it. Video games was a huge influence on joyride and playing Mega Man. I used to play Mega Man until my eyes bled. Love it. Do, like all the games beat all of them, uh, all like the 2d games. And you can, yeah. I can literally hear certain melodies. I can literally hear certain melodies. I think it was on, um, 
uh, one of the third or fourth songs in that record where I can literally hear like, oh, wow, I was really playing a lot of NES games. I love <laughs> I it. The melody to the song. So, you know, uh, a lot of Tolkien, a lot of Lord of the Rings has influenced sure. my writing. And he's mm-hmm. he's one of the greatest of all time. And he picks specific descriptive words that will change just, just by reading one book or, you know, listening to an audio book of his, uh, you know, from a book that he's, he's read. I mean, his he wrote. Um, you'll never be the same writer, you know, and, uh, there's just so much, it's just a big, uh, funnel of everything I've been influenced by for me. And the like, same for everyone else in the band, a lot of hip hop for Daniel, um, with drums, he's like a hip hop head. Like he can tell you every record, every artist, every underground artist, every beat maker, like he's just Love an encyclopedia, he's just an encyclopedia for that. So there's <laughs> a lot of hip hop that influenced his, him, him writing the drum parts that he wrote and, uh, all the drums that he wrote. and uh, yeah, man, it's just a big, big, big soup of everything. Yeah, so. it's a big hodgepodge. I love it. Yeah, yeah, man. So, uh, Joe, you 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 definitely sound like you are still so passionate about music. So, like, mm-hmm. what in 2016 when you guys called it quits? Like, have you mm-hmm. continued in any form to still create music, or like that part yeah, of your I have, life? I have. Uh... Yeah, I have songs uh, in the works. Um, I have a project that I'm working on right now. Um, we're calling it Narrowcast, um, and uh, the the EP that we're putting out, the you know, a few songs is going to be called Phenomena, and uh, I'm really excited for that. Um, I haven't really talked about it a lot, but now that I have the masters, uh, I got like three three masters. Um, you know, I'm starting to talk about it more because I don't want to talk about it too much, and then have it take forever to come out you know sure. i'd rather just have something ready so i really didn't really like talk about it or announce it so much but yeah i am working on a, a project from uh the writers that did the long loss that i did i that i did long loss with that's me matt and aviv um and they were in a they've been in they've been in bands in the boston scene for forever and uh yeah so we have songs we're working on uh besides the ones that we already have recorded and I'm extremely, extremely happy with them. It reminds me of like why I got into music. It doesn't sound anything like anything I've done. So it's, you know, I'm not going to, but, but the way the amount of like details and stuff and, uh, and the, the way that I'm approaching it is similar, um, to when, you know, transit was like putting out stay home. Like it reminds sure. me of, it reminds me of the roots of, of writing for me and kind of deep diving into my old memories and also kind of creating like different narratives. So they're not personal songs. They're more, they're more story songs. Um, And it's got kind of like a whole con, like a concept, kind of like a concept project, but I'm really, really proud of it. I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, And I don't know when I'm going to release it, but it's closer now than it's been. So now that I have the masters done, the artwork's done, we got to figure out, you know, how we're putting it out. And then we got to, um, you know, take, I got to take some promo photos and stuff. Sure. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's really it. And I got, you know, I'm working on, um, I have a band that's playing the songs live. We've already practiced the whole like set that we have. So everything's in the works. It's just, you know, now that I'm working full time, it just takes so much longer. Sure. Of course. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? So, but yeah, I do have stuff coming out. Uh, I don't know when, but it should be sooner than later. 
and I'm very, very proud of it and put everything I had into it. So awesome, man. We are, we're super, super excited to, you know, to hear it when it comes out, you know, yeah. to see it and, you know, to see it as you want to present it. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe, Joe, it's been such a blast getting to chat with you. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to, to get a little bit of insight on, uh, on yeah. you know, on the inner workings of transit. You know, I, I really appreciate you sharing uh, some stories about Tim and some of your experiences, yeah, man. man. It's uh, it's awesome. And uh, listen, you know, I like I said, from from me personally, you know, from the bottom of my heart, man, I, I've, you know, since since I, I got into you guys, man, I, I've always loved transit. So I appreciate the the, um, you know, the effort that you had in, in uh, touring all, all across the country and the music you yeah. put out. You know, it, it definitely helped me through some you know, some, some tough times when I was coming up in my twenties. So for that, I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I really do appreciate you. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, I, I guess at this point we will leave you to, uh, enjoying what's left of your chicken pot pie that your cat has <laughs> eaten most of. <laughs> yeah. I'll send you a picture of him. He's sleeping. I love in the, it. Yeah. Now he's sleeping in the chair. Yeah, of course there he's sleeping go. because he ate yeah. all pot pie. Cause absolutely. he ate, he was, his face was just straight into it. What a little Honestly. jerk. But uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for having me, and uh, I'd love to do another one with you guys. Sure, yeah. Well, hopefully, when uh, you know, when when everything uh, you know starts to smooth out again, when uh, yeah. you know we're we're not in uh, in crisis mode here, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah. when hockey starts back up, we can uh, yeah. get you back on and chat a little bit more. But like I said, it's been cool, such man. a pleasure having you, man. And cool, uh, man. and we we wish you the best. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, we'll talk with you soon. Okay. All right, man. And Take jo- care. And Joe, once uh, things yeah. settle down. You and I, mm-hmm. we need to ch- check out a checkers game together. Dude, let's do it. I'm down. Love that. Love those games. Let's do it. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. All right. Later, guys. No, Boston never drinks alone. Boston never drinks alone. If you're too drunk to walk along the streets of cobblestone, you know Boston never drinks alone. Boston never drinks alone.
If you're too drunk to walk along the streets of cobblestone You know Boston never drinks alone Boston never drinks alone If you're too drunk to walk along the streets of cobblestone You know Boston never drinks alone Boston never drinks alone Tommy V We got another solid interview in the books, man Yeah, you know it was, you know, Joe and his and his partner, Mr. Shrimpy, who just ate like an entire chicken pot pie. <laughs> uh, I wonder, I wonder like how that ended up. Like, I, I want, almost want to like reach out to him like in like a week and just be like, so like what ended up happening? Like, did you eat the rest of that chicken pot pie? And he'd probably be like, yeah, dude, of course I did. Me and Mr. Shrimpy, dude. <laughs> I, I, Joe is just one of those guys, man. He is always a blast to talk to. Um, he's always got such a cool perspective. Um, it was really great, you know, getting to chat with him about, um, you know, all things transit, uh, you know, talk, uh, like I said, a little bit about, um, you know, uh, you know, Tim and his experiences that he had on the road and all that cool stuff. And, uh, just, you know, getting to know from his perspective, you know, where his head was at when he was, um, you know, writing, you know, all those transit records and it's super cool to know that like he kept, you know, mentioning like different, like you know, books and stuff that he was reading at the time that really influenced the way that he wrote and the type of language he used. I thought that was super cool. And I just like to point out like another like really cool accomplishment of the like people that we've talked to. So we've talked to like someone who's recorded a platinum album. We've recorded, we, we've yeah. talked with someone that's been nominated for a Grammy. We've talked to someone mm-hmm. that's played a winter classic and like, yeah, Joe had a, one of his transit songs playing during the freaking Super Bowl. Like, yeah. And like the whole story about like how that came to be was just so cool. And like, can, can we like try to find that guy who gets to play like music from like going into and out of commercials and like, all right, oh, like push dude. him down a cliff and like take his job? Because that sounds <laughs> like literally the best job you can ever have. Oh, I absolutely. I agree. I mean, like, but you know what the thing is, is like, if that was me, like I'd be playing so much like out there stuff. People would end up just, I would just end up getting fired. They'd be like, bro, you got to play stuff that like at least more than three people in the universe. Like, but you're, t- um, you're like, you, know, you don't that's... think that like playing transit during the Super Bowl is kind of out there. Like it, like you would think I... like on a national event like that, they'd be playing like Bruno Mars, but like, yeah, the fact that yeah, they play right. a, a transit song, that's like, him putting it putting it on the line like yeah i'm just gonna yeah. play this band because i like them absolutely no i might agree i agree with that i do I, I think it's uh i think it's super cool i mean any kind of exposure that this you know this brand of alternative music that we really love and care about uh you know any exposure that that it can get is always good you know especially because you know when as we're talking to you know all the different guests we have on I man they're just like you know regular people just like you and you and me they just happen to be super talented and and um you know, and, and be able to kind of get out there and, and live this dream. But at the same time, I mean, like that kind of exposure is a, is a super cool thing. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm super pumped for Joe and uh, really pumped for, you know, what he's got in the works coming up. You know, he said he's got some new music that he's going to be sharing with the world once the time is right. So really excited about that. And speaking of new music, we're kind of, um, you know, decided that we're going to take these little outro segments that we do um, and kind of use it as a platform to talk about some of the music that, you know, Mikey and I have been loving um, and, uh, you know, play you a, a song as we lead out of our episodes going forward. And we feel like 
it's kind of a cool thing to do because, you know, both of us care so much about alternative music and we have um, <clears throat> varying tastes, but at the same time, we kind of do come together, <clears throat> excuse me, on, on some things. So, um, you know, we're going to uh, we're going to try to do that just to get some some music out there that we, we like and listen to. And of course, we always want to hear your feedback on it. So, uh, you know, as you're listening to these, um, you know, these podcasts, of course, you know, liking and subscribing and, and you know, getting with us on uh, on Instagram and Twitter and all that stuff. You know, as we drop this music on you guys, we'd love to hear what you think about it. We'd love to hear if it uh, helps you explore and, you know, get into new territories that you might not have. So uh, who did you want to showcase this week, Mikey? Because I think we're, I'm going to give you this one and then I'll probably take like the next 15. <laughs> I totally figured you would do that. And <clears throat> I, I've always like since I've taken over control of editing the podcast, have always tried to like add like. <clears throat> kind of like i don't want to say like smaller bands or like not not sure. like discovered bands but i guess they kind of are mm -hmm. to like just try to like showcase and and get them out to maybe some new people just because it's well, so important like i think about you know the way you were discovered like you discovered mayday parade like they just literally walked sure. up to you at van's warp tour with a walkman and told you to listen like yeah you know yeah we we kind of have a platform and sure. I, I just want to try to help some people get their their beautiful music out so um last week we dropped uh our episode with chuck from simple plan and you know i put a, a song from this long island band called makeshift that I, i've been really digging lately and it doesn't have to do with the fact that their lead singer is an islander fan or it might <laughs> <laughs> and uh i wanted to add them on to that episode and this episode, uh, since this has kind of been like the Charlotte episode and, you know, Joe yeah. and I are both in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I always kind of talk shit on the Charlotte music scene and like how it's a little kind of a uh, hit or miss and I, there's not always mm -hmm. the greatest like local music scene. Well, mm -hmm. this band Jail Socks comes around is just definitely making me put like my foot in my mouth and like totally eat my words because... <laughs> jail socks is freaking awesome and Absolutely, it's just so yeah. funny because you, you tried to like do like your traditional thing where you try to expose me to new music but i was like one <laughs> step ahead of you and like yo i know jail socks i've yeah. been listening to them for a while now yeah you, do, you were on that one for sure man I, I gotta give you credit for that for sure yeah so you know jail jail socks uh no sleep records so you know just picture you know the the no sleep record sound like i feel like the bands on that label kind of have a vibe and jail socks definitely fits it so definitely enjoy um the song as we lead out of our uh episode this week and uh be sure to yeah. check them out and i know that they are also part of the, like the origami uh origami angel family where like that they're like homies with each other and they go on tours together all the time so I'm hoping that I can catch both of those bands in the same night. Yeah, man. Hopefully, once this is uh, this is all over, we'll uh, be definitely getting back to uh, going to see live music again. But uh, uh, you know, just before we lead out, of course, we got our new website www.bardownbreakdown.com. You can get us on social media. We're on Instagram at Bar Down Breakdown and on Twitter at BDBD Podcast. Uh, Mikey is at uh, Isles Meetups on Twitter. I'm at Thomas underscore Vicario. Listen to the show wherever you want. Uh, you know. 
wherever you like podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, any of those places, make sure you like, subscribe. Uh, if you like what we do, leave us some comments, give us some feedback. We always love to hear uh, from you guys. And, um, you know, of course, we wouldn't be able to do this without our listeners, so we're eternally grateful for you. Having said that, enjoy uh, this cool little Jail Socks outro. Uh, we'd love to think, you know, hear what you think about the music. And uh, until then, Michael. And I, you, you thought I was going to go with what I always go with, but um, if you know of a band that would fit perfectly into this segment, or you might be in that band, uh, definitely hit us up because, you know, I, I know Tom said that he's got like 15 bands that he's ready to do, but, you know, I'm always open to, to new music and I'd love to hear what you're digging. And uh, like, don't send me like, oh, you ever hear this band Fallout Boy? Like here, play them out. Like, like try to keep it to someone that could appreciate the exposure. And uh yeah. Tom, I'll leave it at that, man. Peace All right, with love you, to dude. hear it, man. We'll, and also with you. Take care. I still